Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, today's guest is Kavita Tana. She's coming to me from across the pond, as they say on her end of the world. Uh, she works for this amazing organization. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the work uh, that she's doing. And she came on my radar because I put out on Twitter, I'm looking for educators uh, to interview for this podcast because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to connect and bring all sorts of ideas uh, experiences to everyone. So she reached out, she said, yes. And I said, well, let's do this. And then I started to research, research her and go online and look at the work that she was doing. And I said, okay, yeah, let's make this happen. And so with me this morning, Kavita Tana from the UK people, we had a little conversation beforehand. It was real cool. Uh, but for those who'll be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Simplecast, and Spotify, I would like to welcome to you Kavita Tanya. Uh, Kavita, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Yes, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I, um, As you said, my name is Kavita Tanna, and um, I'm the Deputy Director of Inspire Citizens. So um, in that role, I have had the privilege of working with the co-founders of Inspire Citizens, Stephen Sostak and Aaron Moniz. Um, and we work with schools around the world really to embed into their teaching and learning the why of education. So we really try and encourage whole schools, but we do actually work with schools in many different capacities, but we do encourage them to really take a global perspective and really think about, well, okay, we are all going through this education process, but what for? Who for? What is that real reason that we need to learn the things that we need to learn? And so we support the schools, the administrators, the educators, the students, the parents, all stakeholders to really engage in this idea that if we can really understand what our purpose is, then we are going to be much more effective in engaging the students in their learning journeys and really helping them and supporting them to become the change makers for the world to really make that positive impact that as they are in school and then in their life beyond that, really making positive decisions towards the sustainable development of the world. Mm. So I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. What did you think you would be doing when you were growing up and what drew you to education and mentoring? So, um, I had many different career aspirations <laughs> during my during my youth. Um, <laughs> I've been fortunate that my dad and I um, were very close, and he he is more than happy to engage in a debate about anything. So, <laughs> so from a young age, um, he and I have engaged in conversation about anything. Literally, you know, the smallest thing could become a topic of debate between us, and um, and so you know, he really helped me to develop those critical thinking skills, that idea of like challenging and questioning, you know, what I'm seeing in the world. And um, there were several things that I questioned as I was growing up. One was that I would often ask, why do I need to learn, learn this? Why do I, you know, why, why are they making me do this at school? What is it for? Um, you know, another question that I had was, you know, why, why does it always feel like politicians are getting bad press? Like, what is, what is the deal with them? Why, you know, why, people never really seem to be supporting what they're saying and doing yet they're supposed to be representing us and finally when thinking about injustices experienced in the world you know how did those people get to stand in a courtroom and stand you know up for someone or stand against someone you know what gave them that right what gave them that that ability to do that in an effective way um, and so as I say, educate, you know, being an educator was one of the paths, being um, a politician was one of the paths or a civil servant. And one of them was to become um, a lawyer of sorts, you know, whether that's a solicitor or a barrister. 
Um, but uh, life took its twists and turns. And although I um, studied, uh, you know, politics at university, um, that experience actually made me feel that that's not really where I want to be making a difference from. I really sort of wanted to be making a difference more at a grassroots level. Um, but in the meantime, to you know, pay my way through university, I'd, I'd taken a job in financial services. And so I got to understand a different um, area of the world, um, a different way of being. But in the end, I was drawn back to education and drawn back to feeling that, you know, if I really want to make a positive impact in the world, yes, okay, it was, it was fulfilling and fun to help people get their, their first houses and get their foot on the housing ladder and things like that. But actually, I want to be supporting the youth. I want to be supporting our youngsters of the world to, to really open their eyes to who they are as people, um, to open their eyes to what a difference they can make, but also the adults in their lives can make to them. And then to work together in order to make positive changes in the world. And so, yeah, so I, I entered the world of teaching and, and I've been here for 10 years now. And um, I'm very fortunate in the experiences that I've had because I ended up moving abroad and being a teacher in Beijing in China since August 2015. And um, along the way, I met Steve and Aaron and now I work internationally. Um, and obviously in the world as it is today, online, <laughs> internationally, <laughs> engaging with people through, through, you know, through the various um, communication apps that we use now. But, um, but yeah, I've been very fortunate in that experience. Mm. So you are the deputy director of Inspired Citizen. Love the name, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, what is the organization's mission? And what needs are you seeing in the community that inspired citizen actually meets so inspire citizens was created um, by steve and aaron from the idea that the there's this there's a need in the world for people to really take ownership of you know and take responsibility for what's happening in their own lives you know and um there's an organization the united nations that you know, is what, 190 or so countries that managed to get together and they managed to agree on 17 things, 17 sustainable development goals. And that's a pretty impressive feat, right? To have that many different stakeholders to agree on something like that. And so, you know, if we look at those uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and we acknowledge the fact that they have actually even put a deadline on things like no poverty, zero hunger, um, you know, put a deadline on it to reach those goals by 2030, then as educators, surely we have the power to influence that. So, you know, we work through, and I know that you're going to be asking me a little bit more about the tools that we use, but one of the things that led to the creation of Inspire Citizens was that um, we thought about, okay, well, what talents already exist out there. So for Steve, for example, as an educator, someone that's passionate about um, supporting others, someone that really wants to um, have, make a positive impact on the world, you know, thinking of the talents and skills and gifts that we already have, and then meeting, you know, the idea of quality education, there was clearly a niche there for us to step into as an organization where we can support people that also have those talents and skills that also want to make a difference in providing quality education and so we call that our talents plus targets equals vocation um tool where we you know we get people to really think about what they care about what they're already good at align that to one of the 169 or three of the 169 targets from the um, 17 goals and then go for it take action, you know, transform that, that sort of, you know, Venn diagram matching exercise into actually taking steps forward into, into positively impacting the world. So to be more specific about the mission that's, you know, developed over time. And as I say, sustainable development of the world is one of the parts of the mission. The other parts are collective well-being, And, um, you know, you, 
you've sort of probably heard this said before, but you know, I've, I'm really quite attached to the idea that if we can fill our own cup, the overflow is, is more readily available to others, you know? So it's really important that we consider what it means to be well. And we really encourage all people, but again, you know, our main sort of uh, audience, if you like, is educators, to really think, and especially now, to be more deliberately and intentionally thinking about how am I taking care of myself physically, emotionally, mm -hmm. mentally, spiritually, um, environmentally, all of these different um, aspects of well-being, and then spread that love, spread that joy out into the world. The other two elements are around social justice and thinking about equity, thinking about, you know, just really sort of asking ourselves, you know, taking a second look, are we respecting people? Are we treating people the way that we want to be treated? You know, these sort of ideas. And then we have social, emotional and ethical intelligence. So what does it mean to be in relationship with others in an intelligent way as a true human being? What does it mean to be emotionally aware, to, to really sort of self-regulate, to really think about, again, intentionally, how we're bringing ourselves into the world? And then the ethical piece, again, you know, it touches a little bit again on equity, but really just, you know, thinking about our values and really being true to those in everything that we do in an intelligent way because we're fortunate as human beings that we can really, we have that power of reflection. We have that power of, you know, engaging in language and engaging in conversation in order to develop ourselves further. So with those four things, the sustainable development of the world, collective well-being, social justice, and social and emotional ethical intelligence, that's really what we want to try and bring into, the, into our educational institutions and bring it to the forefront as the why for learning. Hmm. So what do you, because I went to your website, and I saw a bunch of schools listed around the world. So what do you look for in a school that you work with? <laughs> well, I would say that we, we are looking really to meet people where they're at. So we're not that organization that's coming in to flip tables. You know, we're not, we're not the ones to say, um, you know, we're the experts, you know, just listen to us. <laughs> That's really, for us, it's very much an evolutionary process. It's very much, you know, the idea that schools will come to us um, or we will engage with an educator from the school or a group of educators from the school because they're looking for something. They feel that something's just missing. So it might be level of, of student engagement. It might be that they have an, a beautiful mission, but they don't know how to bring it to life. Mm. You know, um, they, they might be in a situation where they're just feeling that, you know, they're not, they're not participating in, in, a, in a movement that they're observing in the world, you know? So, so it's really sort of more about what people are looking for. And so we have um, a document that we've created called the Global Impact School Self-Study. And um, that document, really helps to understand our work in the sense of in that document what we've done is that we've taken some of the case studies from all those schools that you saw we're partnered with and really tried to demonstrate how we work with schools in order to move them into a, a place where they are having global impact so um, if you like i can talk you through those 10 pathways um, you know that, that we sort of work through with schools yeah feel free Right. So to begin with, we have um, the idea that we're thinking about what are the contexts of the, um, the school that we're working with. So we're thinking about the cultural, the geographical, the economical, the social, but also what is the educational context? Because we very much meet schools where they're at with their curriculum. So different schools internationally work with different curriculum. So there's some that are working with Common Core, there's some that are working with Ontario, there's some that are working with the International Baccalaureate, some British schools, you know, different curriculums that are, are being engaged with right now. And then we have um, the missioning and visioning of the school. And so some schools have decided that they are going to, in effect, rewrite their, um, 
their, their school mission because of, you know, the fact that they're engaging with us. And so, um, so yeah, so we have, you know, like all of these kind of um, conversations, if you like, with administrators and with, um, with the, the educators, students, um, parents, you know, like it, it's, a, it's a conversation that different schools approach in different ways with different stakeholders involved. So those are the first two that we've sort of categorized as sort of the vision and mission of, um, of thinking about being a global impact school. Then after that, we move into sort of thinking about teaching and curriculum. So we're thinking there about, okay, what, what are the best practices in professional learning? What does that look like? Like, how do you support your educators in their professional learning? And we've worked with um, someone called Dr. Kevin Mattingly and established that, for example, um, you know, if we are going to look at professional learning in a meaningful way, it needs to be a sustained process. You know, it needs to be something that is not just a, a one-off weekend workshop. Everyone feels really excited. And then on Monday, everyone goes back to, to the way it was, you know, um, it really, so we, in our partnership with our schools, we really look to be able to be in regular contact with the, with all the stakeholders. Um, and so our main partnership school in Seoul has us in for 50 days um, every year for, for the current three years. Um, and so, you know, so, and from the looks of it, we'll continue to have us in for a while. Although we do tend to want to build capacity within the school, you know, in an ideal world, there's so many millions of schools in the world. We'd, we'd really love to be able to have these deep partnerships with as many schools as possible, build that capacity into the school so that then in effect, we can move on and help another school. But as I say, you know, it's up to the schools to really think about what is their best practice for professional learning. And then the second part of the teaching and curriculum side of things is to implement um, our project cycle pathway that we've called empathy to impact into the curriculum and really think about moving to more project based learning and design. So what that means is that we support schools in different ways. Um, sometimes they decide that, you know, we want you to work with a particular grade level. And so we support them, you know, through their units one by one, you know, sort of um, over the year. Others take a view of, OK, we want to hit different grade levels at different times of the year. You know, so it's, it's, it's a different process with each school. But the idea behind it is that we're really thinking about what do the students and the educators really care about? What's, you know, what do we want to really um, enhance and, and make better in the world around us? You know, what, what observations can we make around um, sustainability? We use um, a tool from compasseducation.org to support that. What is, you know, what's happening in the world, thinking about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? Um, what's going on with our personal well-being, our collective well-being? You know, so we have different tools that we sort of um, offer in order to engage with the empathy piece. And then we start thinking about, well, how much do we really know about this? How much do we really understand about this? And so then we get into the aware part of our Empathy to Impact Project Cycle pathway, where we're thinking about, you know, really using powerful research methods you know, whether it's media research or interviews or surveys or observations and how can we do that in a really skillful way? And then we move into what do we need to be good at in order to be able to make a positive difference? So this is where we start digging into the existing curriculum and the standards that need to be met and amplifying and applying those in a way that all the stakeholders can see that, oh, okay, because I'm going to learn how to do this in a really deep, way i'm going to be able to make a positive difference to that thing that i care about you know whatever it was that i care about and this applies to students of all age groups so we've engaged with um, educators of toddlers all the way to grade 12 and it was a really powerful experience when um you know i had a conversation with a three-year-old who was describing to me that she was reusing materials to create a tree because when that tree got sold at the, the, the market, you know, they were having a student market, um, that money would be sent to our activist in residence, Song Chao Yao, who is planning to use that money to uh, replant the trees in the Amazon rainforest. 
And that's a pretty powerful impact right there, you know, that she knew that she could use her creativity and her art and design skills in order to have such a powerful impact in a part of the world that she'd only recently been introduced to. And so, you know, the whole empathy to impact cycle is fundamentally driven by, well, what change are we going to make? How are we going to make a positive impact in the world based on what it is that we care about? And through that process, that level of student engagement that occurs means, as I say, the standards and the curriculum gets amplified and uplifted and really applied in a meaningful way. So those are four of the circles of um, the Global Impact School um, pathways. The next three are around students and student leadership programs that we offer. So we have, for example, um, applying a deep learning global and intercultural competence student impact profile. The student impact profile, again, is something that we've developed over time and has many different um, facets to it. So, you know, that would probably require another interview to explain. <laughs> but um, suffice to say, it means that schools are engaging in meaningful conversations to really define for themselves what is their ideal graduate. So if we're thinking about what, you know, what, what direction are we taking as a school, then we have to be thinking about what kind of person do we want walking out of our doors at the end of grade 12? What does that person look like? How do they operate in the world? What do they say? What do they do? How do they carry themselves? And so it's really sort of engaging in that conversation. And one of the ways that we do that is moving on to the, the next circle is the student leadership program that we offer. And um, I'm excited to be able to say that, you know, that's something we're developing as an online program at the moment um, during this time that we find ourselves unable to be in our schools internationally. And so we are going to be offering um, something we're calling the 17 Skills for 17 Goals Certificate whereby um, you know, students can engage in this teaching and learning program for themselves, um, really to enhance their leadership skills. So you know, that's a watch this space announcement, if you like. Um, and then another area which we engage in um, is amplifying global citizenship through um, a global youth media program that we offer. So um, it's really sort of getting students together using technology and really thinking about how they can understand the perspectives of others, how they can use their recordings of interviews, use their recordings of um, engagement with you know, people in the local community to really get people's voices out there that perhaps have been unheard until now. So that leaves us with the final three circles, the final three sort of um, pathways of the Global Impact School um, document. And that is really thinking about the community and thinking about outreach. So we're really thinking then about how does the school want to be perceived as a building, as an institution, but also you know, a real pillar of the community. And so we offer um, schools the opportunity to reimagine themselves as a sustainability living lab. So really thinking consciously and intentionally about, you know, are we using solar panels? Are we using electric buses? Are we um, having lots of outdoor green spaces? Are we, um, you know, like really sort of, you get the idea, I think, of, you know, how we can use the resources that are available to us. Then we move on to thinking about embedding personal and collective well-being programs, you know, like how much support do we offer to sports programs? What about um, well-being and fitness for the educators? What do the caterers do? How do we engage with caterers about, you know, in conversations about healthy eating and about, um, you know, what happens to the food that doesn't get eaten, all of these kind of things. And then moving on to strengthening and celebrating local and global relationships and partnerships because part of what i just mentioned for example with what we do with the food that's left over could we be helping homeless people in the area if that is mm. an issue could we be thinking about partnering with senior citizen um uh, homes and residences to uplift their well-being could we be thinking about connecting with schools around the world that you know have access to technology but perhaps are not receiving the same level of education or, or the same benefits and privileges of the kind of education that we're receiving or could we meet some of our peers 
and really engage mm. in meaningful conversations to transform our worlds in different parts of the world. So, um, so yeah, so hopefully I've sort of been able to explain a few parts of the, um, the, the way that we engage with schools. <laughs> I want to throw this out there to you because you are global in the approach to, with the work that you do. When it comes to, let's say, cultural competence and understanding how your approach to be effective should be different depending on the locale, the country, and their mores, and how they are either open or not to receiving information so that you can reduce, I guess, the misunderstandings and make sure that you can actually implement and conduct the work that you're doing. What role does understanding and having that cultural competence, that cultural capital play in the work that you're doing? That's a really great question. I'm really, I'm really pleased that you've asked me that question. Um, so as I mentioned in our empathy to impact cycle, you know, we do start with what do students care about and what's been really fascinating is to sort of really open people's eyes up that sometimes they care about something based on a preconception. It may be a misconception in some ways, but it's, you know, an idea, an idea of how things may be. And um, we actually use a video um, from uh, this company, um, Tom's Shoes, I don't know if you've heard of it, but we, um, you know, we sort of talk about what was the impact of the idea that, you know, if, you, if we buy a pair of shoes, a pair of shoes gets sent to Africa. And what was the ripple effect of that experience on African communities, for example. Um, and so what's really interesting in our work is that we are able to support all stakeholders to really take a view that, okay, I have this idea that a certain group of people have a problem that I could help them to solve. So I feel some empathy or some care towards that group of people. But rather than deciding for myself that this is the solution and this is what I'm going to bring to them and they will be grateful for it, what we actually do is the reason why we have the aware element in our empathy to impact cycle is because we actually encourage the stakeholders to actually dig deep and find out is that really a problem for those people or is that just your perception is that really what those people are concerned about or are they concerned about something different you know and so so it's it's a really fascinating sort of revela revelating process you know um, because you just get to see how how perceptions change and how people actually in engaging with people in interviews for example in surveys that they really do get to understand others in a way that they didn't know before you know and so interview skills is a big part of the the work that we do precisely for that reason so you know we had um, a really successful project where um, some students went out and interviewed um, some local Chinese women and really sort of got speaking to them about what they care about and what you know how they feel their time and, and how they perceive the world as it is today and how they think things could be improved and you know a lot of the students were quite surprised to hear the, the answers that they were given um, you know we've had other situations where as you say you know the cultural competence can be different even speaking to someone that you would perceive from the same community but your personal experience doesn't always match everyone else's experience right so your family experience may be different to another family's experience even though you, you operate in the same community and so it's just really sort of opening people's eyes up to that and that is very much embedded in our processes in in the way that we um, support educators and students to to, to work through their project design, their, you know, their project cycle. So how are you leveraging technology with the work that you're doing? You know, especially when 
we know we live in a world where the internet and internet connect internet connected devices sort of have brought the world closer together and made the world smaller and the interesting thing about that is there are places around the world including where i live in the united states where people may not have a laptop but they have a smartphone right right and with that smartphone they're able to not only connect and communicate with people but they're able to create all sorts of awesome things and post it and share it around the world and 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 in seeing that, understanding that, and and working with the schools and the young people you work with, how have you been able to leverage technology to better work with them? So um, I mentioned earlier about our global youth media program, and um, you know, smartphones have become you know like a big part of that, like a good starting point, if you like, because as you say, in that tiny little device, you know, there's so many. Um, programs that we can engage in so many apps so many ways that we can use it and and so you know again going back to the previous question you know the power of interview the power of engaging in conversation just as we are today and you know the voice voice notes recording sort of option um you know is a big part of how we use technology you know the video option is a big part of how we use technology but also as you say in terms of um spreading the word if you like you know that we um we're fortunate that we have some um, inspire citizens interns um one of which is uh, steve's daughter lucy and she has um you know helped us to record some videos where she's sort of been describing going through some of the tools that we use and you know so we we use the sort of youtube um sort of platform if you like in order to to spread information and and understanding um but i would say that the main thing is that we really are trying to meet people where they're at with their use of technology and then uplift those skills in some way so you know like obviously if we are using for example the voice memos um feature then you know how how can we engage in editing with that how can we engage in uplifting that in some way um you know i i've sort of been using recently transcripting um apps you know just to sort of obviously you know you you have your recording you have your voice but then putting it into text and then presenting it in a different kind of way how can we do that the power of video and art and you know at the moment i have a virtual background on my zoom you know like how how can how can i use that in an effective way so for example i engaged in a in a global global prayer so to speak um just this morning um, my time and and i i put an image of the earth behind me because it felt appropriate you know for 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 the the sort of situation that i was in so so there are lots of different ways that we we try to use um, technology, but but I think it's still very fascinating that you know in using this technology, fundamentally, what do people want to use it for? And uh, and I'm finding more and more that you know it is a valid point to say that the purpose of technology is to bring people together. You know, it's it's to create those connections in a in a meaningful way. So so we really try to encourage the use of technology in that way. You know, that how how is this going to make you feel more connected? How is it going to make someone else feel more connected to you? Um, and just really sort of thinking about, for example, you know, how how can different generations connect with each other through this platform of technology? So, um, so yeah, so it's just, like I say, you know, trying to, trying to use the tools that we have available to us in a positive way. Mm. So how has being a global company, having a global focus actually shaped the work you doing, especially when due to whatever political climate that may exist or whether this country has a, a positive relationship with this country or what's happening with the economy here versus the economy there. And you're trying to pull everyone together to work with everyone and create this global community. And everyone's situation and circumstance is, is different. How has that work been? So, I think again it comes back to meeting people where they're at and seeing you know where 
what people are motivated to do and and you know just providing it as an option sometimes you know it's just really not not having ever thought about it you know there's there's um there's a couple of educators that i've been introduced to through the twitter pln that have really sort of said to me that you know actually i never really thought about the fact that i could use technology to connect with schools on the other side of the world but you know it's it's something that feels more and more relevant and more and more meaningful um, and that actually the engagement between students you know in in a zoom room for example mm -hmm. is is a lot more um, impactful than than a lot of people had realized you know that it could be and so um, so I guess you know we really are in a fortunate position where we can offer that as an option to, to people that may not have considered it as something that's available to them in, you know, in an as easy way as it is, as we can make it because we have those existing relationships. And so, you know, it really is, I think, about the fact that, yes, as a global company, we are fortunate that we've been able to develop relationships with, with educators, with schools as a whole around the world, Southeast Asia, Europe, and, um, and North America at the moment. And we are, you know, hopefully gonna be um, developing more relationships in South America and so on as well. And so, um, and we actually do some, um, some work with uh, an organization in Nigeria. So we've got, you know, things going on in Africa as well. We're connected with um, the Kakuma project, was largest um, lesson project. So we're we're in a very fortunate position that the, as I say, the relationships that we've built mm -hmm. enable us to be able to offer it. And then after that, it's up to whoever you know wants to participate. Because as you say, there does need to be a certain amount of sensitivity to the context. You know, the as you say, the geographical, but also the economic, political, and so on. But we hope that in offering that experience, you know, in offering that opportunity to understand someone else's perspectives on things, in offering that opportunity to form a meaningful relationship, we can overcome some of those differences and, and you know, really reconnect people um, overall. So what do you hope for the students that you serve? What, what do you hope that they receive um well as i mentioned earlier we we've created something called the student impact profile and um and i feel that that's really the best way that i can sum up um you know what what my hopes are for the future because in creating our student impact profile we're offering a model that schools um can dip into and draw out you know, parts that they feel are meaningful for their context, for their, for their cohort of students. And, and, you know, it all begins with that central point of, we want to see human beings that stand in their power and their purpose of knowing that they can make a positive change in the world, you know? So it's not really just about what do I hope for students? It's really what I hope for humanity. <laughs> You know, it's really, it's really what I hope to see people step into their purpose, their meaning, their, you know, and really use the passions, the gifts, the talents, the skills that they were born with, that are different to mine, that are different to yours, but also that complement mine and complement yours, that also, you know, can uplift yours lift uplift mine you know just really sort of focus on that and do it in a way that leads towards those four aims that we talked about in our mission that lead to that sustainable development that social emotional ethical intelligence that collective well-being that social justice and really do it in a way that begins with self but ultimately is for the benefit of others and and the world at large you know so my hope is that through providing a learning environment for students of all ages for humans of all ages we can really come to a point where the the standards and the curriculum that people have become familiar with over time you know that have become part of our education process are amplified in a way that that we are really applying the, that disciplinary knowledge skills language development to real life situations that we're 
that we're understanding, you know, the complex interconnected global challenges and how they relate to a local context or even a personal context, you know, that we're thinking about, as you said, you know, the use of technology and what it means to be a digital citizen in a way that's really going to um, empower others, but also improve the technological landscape that, you know, and, and, and use positive language within, within it. So it's really thinking about, okay, you know, as a human being, if I can reach some level of acceptance that I am more than just, you know, who I am in my own four walls and that, you know, like every action or inaction that I take is going to have a wider impact on the world, then I can internalize every experience in a way that is empowering for myself, but then also take that moment that moment of pause where I can reflect on it and make responsible decisions, you know, and the, hopefully those responsible decisions will involve being well for myself, you know, engaging in healthy relationships with others by being compassionately empathetic towards them, you know, really deliberately trying to understand different perspectives, cultures, worldviews, really sort of wanting to cultivate and, you know, like really, own my self-awareness in an ethical way and then create you know really create really start thinking about creating something creating something that's going to help people that's going to help me to be a part of it but then helping others in a positive way to uplift and empower them and you know we spoke before before the recording about how we can impact our communities by by being in that positive space by really intentionally thinking do you know what i know you i hear you i see you i you know i understand you and and actually the talents and skills that i have can actually uplift you in some way so why don't why don't i just do that why don't i you know take that responsibility become my own agent of change and and you know interact with you in a meaningful way and you know if we're producing podcasts or we're producing videos and we're producing you know using technology as you know as we're all being required to do right now as we stay at home and save lives you know it's really important that we use it in a responsible way and that we offer this production of media in a way that can be consumed in a thoughtful way but that those thoughts fundamentally lead to some action that they drive the way that people choose to show up in the world mm. and hopefully be the best that they can be, you know, <laughs> value laden and, and, you know, and so on as that may sound, you know, it's really like, well, what, you know, like, what do we really want? How do we see our future? So, yeah. So if we can give that gift to our students, but also to humanity, then I think we're doing a good thing. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So before we go, uh, I want you to sort of talk about, you know, that educator who has, you know, they've been in the classroom and they're ready for their work to go beyond those four walls. They're ready for something bigger than standards. They have a calling, right? that is tugging at them to do greater work than grades. And they're looking at, wow, I could go work for a nonprofit organization, right? Or I could start my own. Well, what is your advice to that educator about actually working for a nonprofit and taking those skills that they have amassed, that knowledge that they have, and actually work in that area to make that impact that is at that point calling them? Mm. That's another great question. And I think I'd like to take a step back first of all, and focus on the fact that they're currently an educator because there's so much power in being an educator to begin with that the first question I would have is why why do you want to leave 
the school structure, the school culture? Like, you know, like for me, that's an interesting question because mm -hmm. obviously I know the answer for myself, right? Like I have made that decision to move into a consultancy like Inspire Citizens, um, which means that I'm not, you know, with my own class of students right now, but I still stand in, in my power as an educator. And so, you know, in moving to an organization like a nonprofit that you mentioned, um, I would really want to understand more about that educator's perspective to, to use the words that we've been using so far as to how about we start with, start with where you're at? How about we start with, you know, moving beyond the standards in your own classroom? And um, I've been fortunate in my um, Twitter uh, PLN professional learning network to, to meet educators that are looking to do that. And in fact, um, one of them interviewed me yesterday and, um, and we've actually engaged in him sending me the standards that he needs to meet right now. And we're actually going to give him a, a real life experience of working with Inspire Citizens in order to amplify those standards. So he gets to have a very personal experience of what that feels like, um, you know, for himself as he looks to promote our work with, um, with his peers and, um, and a wider audience in the US. Um, and hopefully globally for him, he hopes to go global. So, you know, so as I say, to answer your question, I would really think about where, where can we have impact in where we are today? Let's start with that. Let's start with, okay, you have these standards that you need to meet, but what can you do differently in your classroom right now? And the first point, the first starting point of that would be to have a real conversation with your students and really ask them what's on your mind right now. How are you? What are you caring about right now? Because part of the benefit of me coming home has been to have the privilege of tutoring one of my nephews who's eight years old um, for six hours a week. And, you know, we had this plan and we talked on, you know, in our first um, hour together about what we were gonna do in the week. We got to our third session. I, I asked him, how are you? How are you doing? You know, how was your sleep last night? And it turns out that he'd had a horrible dream. It turns out that he had experienced a situation where all of his fears had come to the forefront in his mind about the safety of his dad, who's a key worker, the safety of his mother who has asthma. And, and instead, I met him where he's at and we talked about things that moved away from the standards or the curriculum that, you know, I was, I was being asked to support him with and to actually think about what he's really caring about right now. And that has actually guided our, our learning experience to the point where his vocabulary, according to his parents, has increased tenfold. He can now read words that he couldn't read before, like financial and emotional and, and you know, like different words with, um, you know, the English language sort of tricky, tricky elements of shun and shall and all of these sort of, you know, words that when you look at the spelling, you're like, mm, how do I say that? <laughs> you know? And so really it's, let's start with that. Let's start with, okay, how am I going to make a real difference to the people that I'm already engaged with? Let me build meaningful relationships with them. Let me find out what they really care about. Let me have that experience where by taking what they care about, and recognizing it as something that could be improved and changed in a positive way, let me have that experience first. And then as you develop your knowledge and understanding of that audience, you're gonna be better equipped. You're gonna have you know, a greater skill level of engaging with others in your local community to do the same experience. Authentically understand their perspectives, authentically understand what people care about and meaningfully and relevantly meet a an actual need of theirs you know so follow follow that passion yes follow that idea that you can do so much more than maybe what you feel you can do in those four walls but you know and have that goal in mind but first live it and breathe it within those four walls First, go through that experience for yourself where you really are engaging in understanding the perspectives of others, understanding your own cares, your own worries, your own you know, concerns, and really thinking about, okay, how can I make a positive impact on that first? Start small and then get bigger. 
I really, I really believe that that's, that's the best way that we can all be. If we can, if we can place ourselves on a journey of personal growth and development, the ripple effect of that is going to be incredible. <laughs> it really is going to be amazing. I, I've engaged in so many conversations about this recently that, you know, I have to keep filling my own cup because that is the only way that I can give to others. And I really want to encourage everyone to do the same. Look after yourself, know yourself, understand yourself, take that moment for reflection every single day, and then bring yourself to the world and be, say, say to the world, I'm ready. What do you need from me? I can give, you know, I'm here. I can give you something now because I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. And also, I know what I care about. And for me, you know, it, it comes down to love. I want people to be able to operate from a place of love rather than fear. And, you know, if the most beautiful definition that I've come across recently of love is to, to accept the legitimacy of the other in coexistence with oneself. To accept the legitimacy of the other in coexistence with oneself. So to really, really take another person exactly as they are, no judgment, literally just to, just to see them as exactly as they are, but also to engage in that relationship and feel that interconnectedness with that person. That to me is love. You know, we put all these labels on it of romance and, and you know, family and, and all of these different things. But fundamentally, as human beings, if we can engage with each other to say, you're over there and you're good and pure and, and valid as a human being, but also I'm here and, and I want to engage with you and you can engage with me, wouldn't that be such a beautiful place to live? All right. All right. Got deep there, Kavita. Got deep. <laughs> yeah, that's my cup that's overflowing. <laughs> Got deep. All right. All right. Uh, Kavita, this is awesome. Thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This episode will be up on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Simplecast, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe, follow. Hey, I like the stars, people, but can a brother get some ratings, some, some reviews? Because I'm trying to be found and I'm trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Kavita Tanya Tana, for coming on and dropping the knowledge from the UK. And thank you for checking out the Dr. Will Show, the mobile university for entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you, EDU, peace.